Hi, it's Helena Bottom Carter, and I'm crowning. This is Condé Nasty. Hi, I'm also giving up my royal titles to move to Canada with Prince Harry. It's Ursula the Sea Bitch. And this is Reading Drag Race, the show where we talk about whatever we want. But mostly RuPaul's Drag Race. However, this week we're talking about something Drag Race adjacent, the Trixie Mattel documentary, Moving Parts. Hi, Condé Nasty. Hey, how you doing, girl? I'm good. It's been a while. This is the longest stretch. It's been, what, five, six weeks without a new season of Drag Race? Like... I know. It has It has been some time. I, I'm I'm looking forward to the next season, but I, I'm always saying, like, I want four seasons a year. I'll admit, I am a little, like, I'm excited, but it will also bring me fatigue when it shows yeah, up. Yeah, was, it was like, I realized, wait, when did we crown the UK winner? Yesterday? A year ago? When was that? Like, Yeah, no, for sure. Um, we also have a guest today. She was once described by Tony the Tiger as someone who would do well sexually at a furry party. (laughs) (laughs) Buffy Cummers, hi. (laughs) Wow, that was, that was a lot. Very Um, accurate. That Uh, just came to me. I was like, I'm running with it. (laughs) I'm glad you did. Uh, no, I feel like they, I feel like they... Like, listen to our complaint that there was too much Drag yeah. Race too often. And I am a little, like, I'm ready. Yeah, I Which is now, nice. I am now, because, yeah, because it wasn't, like, right. The UK has faded into the, like, amorphous mist of time. Yeah. Two months ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's nice. Yeah, it's nice. I realize nice to miss it. Right. You need to miss it just a little. Yeah. I wish that, like, the way that they do All-Stars next season... I wish that they would do, like, whatever, whatever it is where they pair those two, I wish there was, like, two or three weeks in between them. Yeah. I also I think it's the same night. I almost think it's, like, people get into a routine with their friends going to, like, a certain gay bar and watching it, and I feel like the show doesn't want anybody to get out of that routine. So they, like, just put them right up next to one another so that you're there again next week. Yeah. I also think they still need, they need to do two regular seasons between, between All-Stars. Because yeah. you, got, you got to refill the tank. Well, they also just need to incentivize the queens to want to be on All-Stars. Because for some of them, it kind of ruined their career to come back. Yeah. Like, they were better off before they... <laughs> I really hope they abandon the, like, self-select... Like, it... I'm again. I, we've gone over this before, but it's just I know it's not the Olympics of drag. It's not meant to be objective, but in order for me to maintain emotional investment in the fiction, it has to be well done fiction. Yeah. And when you put the queens in charge of sending their own competition home, it makes it harder to invest in even the pretense that it's a competition. I hear what you're saying, but I just I feel like gay men love the Real Housewives of for a reason. Like gay men love drama of social negotiations and the potential for like a backstab moment i.e naomi smalls yeah that like i know for me that adds nothing to it i've never been somebody who watches untucked but i just like gay men live for that kind of drama i know i don't want it but i know that it's I like think in this the case, fandom loves it i think in this case we we love the threat of that drama, but we still want the right queen to go home each week. Right. Like, I don't think that anyone actually enjoyed... Like, I mean, like, it was a gag moment when Naomi Except, pulled that yeah. lip sync. Everyone's like, holy shit, I didn't expect it. And then the rest... And then the whole season was ruined. So it was like that one moment was kind of fun, and then yeah. it just sucked. See, I feel like I know gay men who are there for the drama way more than they're there for the Well, drama. it's funny, yeah, because uh, yeah, one, one of my friends... <laughs> I, <laughs> you're like, well, I'm not friends with I, them. Yeah. I'm <laughs> I don't know these people. Yeah, because, like, I, I 
haven't watched The Real Housewives, but only in kind of bursts. Like, one of my friends, we get together, like, over Christmas break, and we'll, like, knock out a season of New York. We'll just, like, watch the one when they go to a tr- go on a trip to a resort in an exotic location, and then they never leave the resort. And so someone they... has, like, a heat stroke meltdown. Right. And... It's like, first of all, why do you go abroad to only stay in the part of abroad that looks like home? Why would you do that? Anyway, <laughs> um, there's ways to produce that drama while maintaining some veneer of integrity. Uh, and yeah, so I just hope that you're do preaching that. to the choir. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I, I like I don't want it at all. Yeah, uh, there's like no use for it for me. No, but yeah. I know that there is an audience for whom it exists. For me, like hell is truly you tying me up and making me watch the Real Housewives of any city that is not Atlanta. Because <laughs> those women know how to deliver a one line. I'll give them that. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so 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 we, we decided to get together to discuss moving parts, which we all watched together a few weeks ago and watched again now, even though we said let's just let's just skim through it and then we just ended up rewatching it. It was so good. It was good. It was good. Um I pay probably the most attention to Trixie and Katya's career of any of the drag race alum. And I feel like um Trixie's talked a lot about how they didn't know what it was gonna be. They started doing on the fly her um her boyfriend was a producer and she was going on tour. It has a much more solemn tone than I think they anticipated it would, but it was also like a super eventful and crazy year. It, it also felt pretty effortlessly honest. Like, I yeah, didn't feel was, the hand of the editor. Yeah. Well, that I mean, yeah, that's like the the mark of a good documentary is kind of just not producing where it goes, you know, just right. taking letting it take you... You know, right, and I'm sure that means the editing was in fact just very good. It wasn't like it wasn't edited; it was just edited very artfully. Um, I, I have always liked Trixie. I've never, it's it's never been. She's never been like one of my top three queens, but I really gained a lot of respect for her out of this documentary. Not, not you know, it's a I think a obvious comparison, but like that kind of Dolly Parton quality of like a nice person who's here to do the work. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And, yeah. And that really, and uh, there were a few moments in there that I felt like a real tug of something with her. And the one, uh, like, I think it was the first big moment, like first explosive moment in the, in it was when Katya has her meltdown and, and Trixie says, uh, no one's going to want to see me without her. And I still think about that line. I watched that a month ago and I still hear that line in my head and it just got me. Cause like Trixie is also like a, was a, you know, shy gay kid growing up in the Midwest, which has some overlap for me. And like, just that, that when you grow up as like the lonely gay kid, there's like a little weird malfunctioning circuit in your brain where you're not convinced anyone actually likes you and your friends only tolerate you. And it'll like, always stay with you. Right. And, yeah. and like, and what's so like, even talking about it, it's like making, I, I can feel my blood pressure spiking where it's like, that almost is like exactly what happened to Trixie for like a hot six months with Katya. And I understand it's a, in context of Katya's separate issues and all of that, but it's like, that has to like really suck. <laughs> and it oh, also, yeah. I also, I mean, she's watching her friend have a meltdown and she knows that everything that she's saying, like she doesn't, she knows that she's not equipped to help her, right? you know, but she really would like to. And so she's just like, I don't, she's like, when she's like, I just don't think that she likes me very much. And she's like, I, I just feel like everything I'm saying is wrong. It just, oh, it's, yeah, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. I, I, she said, there was a moment where she said something like, I don't know if this is helpful or not. Helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, should we pull back and talk about like so the top the top of the documentary totally yeah yeah so the top of the documentary I mean beyond the like this is what it was like growing up we see I believe so the Vice show Trixie and Katya got its first season order and then the documentary the first time we see the documentary on the set of the show was when Vice ordered additional episodes so this is them coming back to 
like filmed the second order of episodes for their first season mm-hmm. and it's day one and it's clear so as somebody who follows Trixie and Katya pretty closely like and has listened to I think every interview they've ever done I'm not obsessive yeah. um, Katya I think she's a recovered meth addict she's done a lot of uh, speed throughout her life and I think when she was getting in like a fitness state she I think she started taking diet pills in a lot of re- a lot of ways because it's a bit of a gateway back to something some kind of speed and I think she eventually ended up taking some like behind the counter at the at the health food store uh pills that were i think illegal and probably some kind of drug um and i think it was it was a similar you're on some kind of speed so she was relapsing and having a meltdown on set and uh a lot of that episode is what what uh first was talking about yeah what we've been talking about in terms of like um katya having like a meltdown on set and trixie trying to connect with her yeah and Katya, I think, went back, went to rehab following that day of the documentary. Yeah, that was so scary. I remember reading about that where it was just like, the first I heard of it was just Katya posting like the Instagram post, like I'm canceling all my events for the next year, bye. And like, who? boy. Yeah, yeah. I told you my husband, my husband and I watched the Trixie and Katya show and like the day that the episode aired, that is the one that they're mm-hmm. filming in the documentary, like he knew that was the episode that she was clearly tweaking out and had a meltdown on set. I, I keep meaning to rewatch it to like yeah, see if see, I see what you can see. You, yeah. you can like, tell. Trixie in the documentary talks about it's so hard to be funny when you can see in like her irises yeah, that she true. wants to leave as quickly as possible. Yeah. That is accurate. Yeah. Like look at her eyes Ugh, and it's maybe like. Maybe you don't want to see it. Yeah. No, it, like. <laughs> it is. It is like, oh, this was rough. You all weren't very funny. That day. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> We'll watch that next. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, sorry. I just wanted to give a little context yeah. to what exactly we're talking about. No, but that just, that just got me because that just, it's awful because it's, you know, we all have friends who are in various states of good or bad mental health and deal, dealing with various issues, some of them addiction. And like, it, it sucks to be in that position where there's literally nothing I can do. Yeah. And then to feel like on top of it, like whatever Katya was throwing at Trixie, you know, it's one thing to know intellectually this is not real this is not an actual problem it's something else talking doesn't make it doesn't make it any easier to listen to no no no. i mean i think i think it is the kind of thing where it's like this is person is a drug addict having a meltdown so i should not be taking it personally that does not make it easy to endure yeah Um, and i think like the multi-layers of it for trixie is like they're friends they became friends doing this thing together really on a whim and finally yeah. had chemistry just doing like a i think a pickup of rajan raven's mm-hmm. show i forget what it's called again um tutor boot tu- no. it's not called tutor boot fashion po- fashion photo review yeah that sounds right yeah. um and they found they had chemistry so they became friends but i feel like for trixie they, like in so many ways Trixie and Katya are a duo and so it's not yeah. just like yeah. this friendship but it's also like your fucking career like they have a, yeah. they had a you know a television show contract together right and and they and it worked and the reason their show works is they balance each other so well because Trixie is this much more deadpan like she's the straight guy in that in that pair but that's not because she's not funny it, it takes work to be that kind of anchor point to let like 
to her make... jokes are also more thought out. Like, right. I mean, like, Katya's are just Ka- Katya's, chaotic. Katya's just manic. Yeah. yeah. And to, to be able to, like, spin that, to pull that into something is actually a lot of work. And it, in a saner part of the documentary, uh, Katya even says that. Like, I'm just nuts. You're the comedian. You're a great writer. And, like, that was, like, a nice moment. That worries Hearing both of you say that, I feel like my own comedic voice is so much like Katya's. And I'm like, I was wondering right, what that great was. crazy. <laughs> I was I wondering what that great was. Like, she, she's <laughs> often saying things that I think about. Like, she resonates <laughs> with me so much. We're also, like, the exact, like, we were born the same year. I feel like she's that exact, like, I am the oldest millennial age. And I feel like her references to, like, Elle McPherson that Trixie is like, who the fuck is that? Is that a drag queen who's, like, fierce? That's insane. Did I, that really happen? Yes. That, 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 Elle McPherson. <laughs> that, that was on... Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that was come up. Um, yeah, but no, you're right. You're right. I mean, I think they both have such brilliant comedic timing and play off each other so well. You are right. Trixie is the straight man in that duo, but it's like it is a little hard for me to tell. But you're yeah, right. not like it, not because she's like you know the one reacting or she's like the laugh track. Like she's just the one that pulls focus like back to what they what were talking, talking about. about. Yeah. yeah, but she <laughs> finds a way to do it in a way that's, it, that's also funny. Right. Yeah, she she knows how to phrase the next the follow up question to keep the energy up. And, exactly. Yeah. Uh, though speaking of that, like uh, I think the other the other moment that really got me. Was it was it Dublin? I think, or it was something in the UK. Glasgow, I Gla- think. yeah, somewhere in the UK, somewhere in or near the former, current or former United the Kingdom. British Isles. Yeah, yeah there we go, <laughs> British um, Isles. Uh, somewhere with pale redheaded people. She just had an off night, and it wasn't like she was even bad. Like what they showed wasn't her being bad. I think it was she just... like paused and forgot a couple words in the song for like a moment, and I think this was like deep in shit with Katya All Stars Three on tour and she beat herself up and she had like a moment where she like forgot the lines to the song yeah which is like which is that happens no that's my greatest fear because especially like the longer you perform something the more into your like automatic part of your brain it gets and if you if you hiccup a little because you weren't actively thinking about it you cannot pick it up again at least easily yeah and that's like uh like Ooh, that, that's always my fear. Like when I go when I go see a musical that I know really well because I know it's well, I almost watch him being like, "Oh my god, what if they forgot a line? What if I forgot a line?" Like, like it just I, like I get momentary like nervous, like, "Oh god, what if they mess up?" I, and and like, I also think it happened at a point where she was feeling just like, yeah. insanely vulnerable yeah. in this world and stressed. Yeah, yeah. So that that just got me. But it's nice to see like selfishly it's nice to see like someone who is so polished and so uh, yeah. you know fantastic and talented just be such a dick to themselves because like I think we can all be such assholes to ourselves yeah. like it just and be way overly dramatic and overly critical yeah so it's just it's just nice to see that I'm not the only one yeah. with a crazy internal monologue yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> for sure for sure for sure yeah I'm, I'm not the only one who does that good yeah, yeah that makes me feel better I get it yeah, yeah we're all insane yeah <laughs> What else? What else was like? So I, I mean, I don't know. I know we're bouncing around. Documentary, yeah. yeah. But I, I mean, the next thing that she took to my mind is yeah. well, it took like two notes. Yeah. It was just <laughs> the that we have this moment where I think it's them like at the premiere of All Stars Three, and you see how the All Stars Three girls in the back, yeah, Ben and Trixie and uh, like Kennedy and Kennedy are talking, but but like we see somebody ask Trixie a question about Katya, and she answers very like tactfully and tastefully about like mental health and it's important that she takes care of herself and like it was very supportive and sort of intentionally opaque like i'm not telling you yeah anything about what's going on with her or with us like 
she like I'm respecting her statement and her anonymity or not her her privacy. Yeah. And uh, let's move on. Let's yeah. move on. And then the talk behind the scenes was just like Trixie and Ben were really talking about like it is necessary for people to be able to create that space. Like lots of people have mental health issues or do not feel emotionally capable of giving you constant access to themselves in the way that modernity sort of has made has people expect yeah. Yeah. that they should be able to. Um, which I thought was an interesting conversation. I, I agree with your statement on Kennedy seeming just sort, sort of want to complain. But. Yeah, well, it, like, and Ben seemed to be even like asking, like, did I handle this correctly? Yeah. You know, like asking, you know, Trixie, because Trixie's closer to it. Like, yeah. you know, how would I you like me? <laughs> yeah, how would you like me to, you know, in the future respond to this question, which, you know, we will be getting for the next couple of weeks. Right. And so I thought that was really, you know, great. And then Kennedy just barged in. This Kennedy happened, just barged this in. This happened to me. Like, okay. this, exactly. This yeah. happened to me once. Like, I, I get to. And I, I mean, I, we all have shit. Yeah. yeah, we all have shit. And I do understand her feeling invisible and how that can really yeah piss you off or or you know yeah. like but I, I, if you don't talk about it no one's going to give you attention for it you know so like yeah. like, like, like even if, if you don't ask like like if you don't ask for help and say yeah. like hey i'm in a really bad state right now like of course you're not going to get the attention that she is kind of complaining that she's not getting well i think even if she had said i've gone through something like that and here's what i wanted here's what i needed here's what i wish people had said yeah like that would have at least tied it together but it was it was just an odd moment it just seemed a little yeah bitter i don't know i feel like kennedy cannot talk about anything without sounding like as trixie described her in all stars three a grumpy old man yeah like a grandpa yeah just likes to complain like (laughs) She may put on a wig and kick and twirl and, like, be a totally fierce, like, lip singer when she dances. And she is, like, amazing. But, like, when she is talking, she is a grumpy old man who is complaining. Yeah. Literally all the time. Yeah, it was... I I didn't entirely know how I felt about that reaction. Um, Because, I mean, also, like... They weren't, I mean, like, having a serious depression, which, like, is is so toxic and an awful state to be in, um, it can be really isolating and and hard, but she's not a meth addict, you know, like, I I, I don't know. I don't don't even know what I'm saying right now, but... uh, (laughs) We have mixed feelings on Kennedy's Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. um, is what we're saying, Um, but I thought the conversation between Ben and Trixie about, like, constant access needing space needing privacy was good and yeah yeah well and that's something i think the seattle queens all share in common they're all they're all such theatery backgrounds i think they have like a sharpened sense of like what is me doing my job what is me being me that like the insta queens i think are a little have have blurrier lines on like like you like you like when when Jinx or Ben talk about their drag personas out of drag, like, I think they're, they they just feel more sharply aware of, like, this is a job. It is something I love. It's something that's very important to me. But it's also, like, I'm aware that is me being on. And then there are queens who talk about their drag persona as if it is, uh, what's the word I'm groping for, uh, blended, merged with their actual personality. Like, like, like they're like not... Valentina, it's a lifestyle. Right, right. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah, Valentina yeah, yeah. lives in her own right. world. Right, she's, she's not... the perf- star of it. Right. It's, like, she's, all about opulence. It's right, all about, she's not yeah. performing Valentina. She is Valentina. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I think Jinx and Ben, are, they talk about, it's like, th- th- this is something they do, and they 
for like so I, I just uh I, I think it makes sense that they would be more attuned to those or more sensitive to those kinds of things but beyond that i think that if you are like if your drag is comedy and like there is something that's just inherently vulnerable that you don't really have that opportunity if you if your drag is dancing you're not you're not like talking to mm. the audience you're not getting people to know mm, you interesting uh so it, it, i i feel for kennedy that she you know kind of would like a, a more intimate relationship with people and she would like i mean you know she's talked about like her, how her lines are, are smaller than other people's at, at drag cons yeah, yeah. she doesn't have those opportunities to to um be vulnerable mm. in the ways that i think the comedy queens mm. do get that yeah it's just built in no, it's that's their drag that's i mean as rupaul told magnolia crawford in the premiere of season six gotta get people to like you yeah. <laughs> and Kennedy spends all of her time complaining true. like a grumpy old man yeah no it's true I just I think that you know like it's it I, I'm not entirely sure what I'm even advocating for but it does like it, the, these cards are stacked against someone who is a dance queen versus yeah, someone who, who is, is talking with their yeah. audience yeah. as I, I their feel, bit I feel like there's so much discussion like within the fandom about how the fandom is like problematically limited for the most talented queens of color yeah. but i also feel like because kennedy talked about that during all stars three kennedy is who we always go back to when we have this conversation true and for like for me i feel like i am a deep kennedy unapologist yeah like, yeah, yeah personality alone yeah. <laughs> kennedy. Kennedy, like there are so many talented lovable fun like unique queens of color of course. from this show who deserve so much more fandom and opportunities they've gotten. Kennedy Davenport is, is not, not one like, of them. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to die on that hill. There's about there's about 30 queens of color I put before Kennedy. Yeah, um, I understand. I, yeah. Go see Chi Chi Devane if she's ever in your town. <laughs> Her and Monique Hart. I want. I would love to see Monique. I love Monique. Hart. She's. I love Monique. Yeah. Hart. But and she but she lets you in. You know. Yeah. Like she, yeah. So yeah. many ways. Like yeah. she, Oh my god, I love I love the premiere episode of All Stars Three where where uh, Jasmine Masters was explaining that her routine was funny. The look on Monique's face, <laughs> just the like, oh my face tells on me moment was great. If I could get in a time machine, I would go watch Dieter Ritz's uh, lip sync of "This Will Be" in oh, front yeah. of Natalie Cole. Like, oh god, yeah. the still of um, uh, Monique Hart and uh, um, Banji watching the horror show of the murdered butterflies is still just like <laughs> the, one of the favorite like one of my favorite things drag race has ever produced the face so. crack of yeah. so back to the documentary back to the, we are focused we are we are very proud <laughs> of the tangents is part of the fun so what else in the documentary stuck out to you that you feel like chatting about her um I liked how it incorporated uh her her live music and her, her like they talked and they talked about how she got into country music through her grandparents right um, I always like, I like when art forms merge because someone found something relatable in both rather than just, oh, I'm pulling in this other genre for the sake of doing it. Like the reason Hamilton works so well is that Miranda thought the story of Alexander Hamilton, an immigrant, a poor immigrant who wrote his way out of poverty, sounds like a hip hop story. So he used hip hop, which he knew very well to dramatize the story that resonated in it. And I think the kind of like the she likes and relates to the country music like those and those stars you know loretta lynn and dolly parton all those women there's something i really enjoy watching like all of the songs on that album are fucking amazing mm -hmm. and i think it's because 
she's not just she's not just a drag queen who does country music. She she's a drag queen who found a way to talk about her her experience and her drag queen experience with the like toolkit in a country music song. And I I just I, that really got me because it, it just it it's like a higher level of like polish and thought and art. And that really got and this the documentary did a great job of lo, very low key um, selling that about it like the, the the end credits what was she singing uh sunny side is uh stay on the sunny side by the carter family yeah yeah and like oh my god like yeah trixie mattel would have made like a great ninth carter sister like absolutely <laughs> absolutely that's very funny that's amazing um yeah no she's talked a lot about how she did so she did music or whatever i forget what the major was where she like started off being like a music major at the university of wisconsin milwaukee and transitioned, I think, into acting, partially because her music teacher was like, you're not the best at this, and, and later was doing drag. And she said that she she never thought that she could pair the, the country music with drag, because she was like, drag queens don't do that. And then one day she was like, that's an opportunity, and thought, maybe I can get up there and be personable and comedic, and then kind of like sing this like sad, beautiful country song, and kind of it might bring the room down a little bit and then when I'm funny afterwards it brings it up and she she's talked a lot about how like when she first started doing it she had no idea how it would go and it like fell into place immediately well like um even if you break down like the structure of, of a lot of country especially uh, you know older pre you know Shania Twain Faith Hill kind of country it's very storytelling yeah it's and then that like there's almost not choruses in a lot of those songs it's just a refrain it's like i'm going to tell you a story for eight lines repeat two lines repeat two lines new eight lines of story those same two lines those same two lines boom that's a song yeah and that's practically that's practically a skit or like a like what would be for you know bendela or jinx a spoken comedy bit yeah the punchline that's the structure of a country song yeah so i and, and it works like I, I just like I'm not a huge country music fan. It's not what I listen to on my own when I'm just sit like uh, my my music collection is one half Broadway musicals, one half black women singing about their feelings. Um, but uh, I really like this. Like it just I don't know. It just it, it impressed me by how much I liked a genre I normally don't get into. I yeah. know I'm I know I'm jumping like around oh, uh, as well. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, but I think I think it fits here. Yeah. Is uh, um, I thought it was really interesting when she's uh, looking at all the fan art yeah. and all the all the gifts that she's getting, and she kind of doesn't understand why she resonates so much so well with people with depression and and it makes perfect sense to me i mean like she is she is she's sharing really really tough times in her life um and how she got through them and turned them into something great uh which is inspiring for people who are like in this in the middle of their depression in the middle of their tough time uh so i did what did you guys think of that part well that made that makes me think um what got me about her talking about the harder parts of her life, something that resonated with me a lot was when she was talking about the, 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 the last incident with her stepfather where he pointed a gun at her. She was just very flat. Yeah. Like, she talked about it, and she says she later to talk about it, it's like, I just thought this was normal. And there was something like, I appreciated how unembellished that presentation was. It was not set up with, like, a dramatic music cue. It wasn't played for its own inherent drama. It, like what really stuck out for me was the normality of abuse when you're living through it. Yeah. And I think that, that I was really impressed by how well the documentary structured that. Cause that, that's a really hard needle to thread where you don't want to come off maudlin or melodramatic or dismissive. But what really stuck out for me was just 
this is a per like you got you got a sense of how bad it was for so long that to talk about an incident like that very like, matter of fact right yeah and and i and, and i see that a lot like mm-hmm. it's just like who but that 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 got me but yeah it, it made perfect sense to me that her fans would you know i agree i agree because i think the thing is she'll talk about hard times and she's seen songs about hard times and she's also been very candid about her very poor abusive upbringing um but she's not a depressed person but i think her emotional candor about hard times when she has them and then her just generally being an effervescent upbeat ray of light who's like i don't even want to look like a woman in my drag i want to look like a beautiful artificial sparkly toy yeah like i want to smell synthetically of like plastic and perfume well and 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 be ridiculous and laugh um i think that that vulnerability combined with that like just like playful joy joyfulness would obviously be resonate with but also be uplifting to depressed people yeah Yeah. so i get it but i also get why she doesn't get it because she's she's kind of equating depression and hard times like in her mind she yeah she thinks that like just because i had a sad past it doesn't mean that i'm depressed but it's like no one's saying that you are yeah yeah. we're just you know happy that you are you know brave enough to share these with us yeah um and and come through them yeah and what got what was something you said there about her being like a you know this effervescent person for and what i think is so resonant is it doesn't come off as forced or like papering over something like it's genuine happiness like exactly it's an enjoy like she enjoys what she enjoys and that's and that's nice to see like especially when you got beat down so long for liking the things you like it's like what what one of the like the only good parts about being an adult because you know the rest is like bills and a march toward death it's like i have this amount of free time and i get to do literally whatever i want i can yeah. watch i can go to the movies and pick the exact movie i want to see and i don't have to justify it to anyone like that is a the only like the fun part of adulthood so like it's fun seeing that and it doesn't feel like you know she's smiling through the pain and like you know where you see it's about to snap totally well it doesn't totally. feel like that because she acknowledges the pain when it's right. happening right. she's not like you know this everything's always hunky-dory right. because it's not that's like unrealistic it's untenable totally um so that that actually reminded me uh trixie in the film talked about how each year of her life her life gets better and better and she said that uh the more you get to fabricate your own life the happier you yeah. are yeah then i feel like that that's exactly what you just said yeah is what you said like, yeah that, that larger sentiment yeah um what did you guys think of... Do you mind if I transition oh, to please. the text? Yeah, do it. The text. <laughs> um, what did you guys think of the text that Katya sent Trixie right after the premiere of All Stars 3 where Trixie got up and sang a song from her album? What was And for, for the listeners at home, what was the substance of the text? The text was basically, how could you do that, you fucking idiot? Like, you should be striving to be, like, a lovable failure. Remember what Alaska told you, and I don't even remember beyond okay. that. Like, I couldn't tell you exactly what the text was, but it was really Katya, like, clearly still on drugs. Basically, like... Saying something purposely Yelling yeah. at... Spinning. Yeah, spinning. And sending her a bunch of, like, angry texts that were basically like, what the fuck were you doing? For literally getting up there and singing all the moving parts while playing was it the auto, auto harp? harp yeah. yeah it it just i mean i i think in that moment it's it's so 
insane and such an off like just like out of nowhere text that you yeah. know that it's coming from a place of sickness yeah like it will like if i got that from a, a best friend it would be absolutely devastating to me yeah. but there would be an objective side where i'm like this person just isn't the person that i know and hopefully i get to see that person again yeah um, well that's something i was thinking about because they they in the documentary uh katya just shows up at the end at her dc show and she just already integrated back into the group. There's yeah. no, there's not even a weird energy. Yeah. So I want... there's a weird energy. I, there's I, just not an introduction. Yeah. It's not. It's it's not as weird as you might expect. They, they, okay. Oh, there we go. <laughs> but I was wondering, like, would like whatever reconciliation conversation happened? I'm wondering, like, was it filmed and they someone just like I'm curious what the it wasn't. You, I also noticed. Oh, oh well, you do? Yeah, no, yeah. It wasn't filmed. Okay. They went on a walk. Like. Katya showed up, they went on a walk, they walked and they talked for like a while, kind of catching up on life, and like, far along, Katya said, like, I'm so sorry, just sort of flatly, and like, in subsequent conversations said, like, I struggled with like, how to say I'm sorry, because my behavior was so, like, unhinged, Yeah, that saying I'm sorry especially when I was still in such a, like, broken place. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't change what I've done. I, like, didn't even feel confident that I, like, wouldn't behave that way again. Like, like, I'm not going to insult you by just saying I'm sorry. But they did go for, like, a walk at that point. Okay. And Katya did apologize. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious what that was like because we didn't get to see it. And then it was... It, it, yeah, I was just curious. Like, was it something not filmed, or was it something filmed and then they, they decided to just leave aside? So, yeah. was it not filmed because they were like, we, "We want this to be just for us," or was it just like filming had had? I've never heard either of them yeah. talk about, but I I suspect that Trixie's boyfriend knew well enough what a fragile situation exactly this was that it probably didn't even need to be communicated. That yeah, the camera will not be following them right now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. It's funny when you say that because yeah, it's right. It's boyfriend who made it. It's not like. I mean, it's obviously not a hit piece, but it's also not like a commercial for Trixie. Like it, no, there's it's very honest. There's some real honesty. It's almost like, like I think if my if I had a partner who made something like that about me, it would be like, you must actually get me. <laughs> like, or you yeah, must yeah, see uh-huh. the person I yeah. am. Like, no, it, it it wasn't trying to be yeah. rosy. It was trying to be honest. Yeah, in a like lot of ways. Like God, that's all. God, it, it, his boyfriend it's... also readily admits like Jinx is his favorite drag queen. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, um, but I it, it's like yeah, it's like I always think like the worst thing a couple could do could be like go on Amazing Race together. Oh God! But I mean, God, make a documentary about your partner and then watch it together. Like God, oh, God. I still want Bo and Yang and Matt Rogers to go on Amazing Race together. <laughs> oh, they talked uh... about that a lot at the beginning of Last Culturistas, and I, I just, would love for but that I, to happen. I, oh my God, I let's see start now. a letter writing campaign. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I, I see them getting to some kind of physical challenge and both of them being like, no. Oh my God. <laughs> I see them getting to some kind of physical challenge, Matt Rogers doing it and coaxing Bowen to do it. Yeah. And Bowen will react like a stubborn indoor cat that does not want to and will eventually do it. And I am here for that moment. Oh my God. I Matt Rogers' this. father is like a high school coach and health teacher. Oh, fascinating. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> This this is not about Matt Rogers. Anyways, um, uh, yeah. So um, so yeah. The, did you? Okay. So we are definitely jumping around. Do yeah. we want to talk about? So what did you think of the text? Did you did you say your? It was so like it? you're clearly still on drugs. Exactly. Like yeah. only speed would even if you were like what the fuck was that? Only 
you have to really care about somebody and be deeply invested in them and like on like meth in order to be sending that sort of chaotic not just a text that was like what the fuck were you doing but like a series of all caps yelling angry texts for what was such a reasonable choice for Trixie to I do. Know. She has albums that are that sell well that are not like drag race like auto-tune remix crap. They're like guitar and the, somebody who can actually sing like country composition folk music and it's the only chance she would have gotten to display that talent. She sang the song that her album is named after on the auto harp and was safe which is probably what exactly what she knew would happen. Yeah. And I thought that was a wise choice and it was insane for Katya to do that. And I think Trixie seemed upset, but also I think knew. exactly your point. Yeah. Like, why would she send that and go this crazy? She's like, this is like, this is like a demon. Yeah, exactly. Well, it, something it's I think, not my friend. like I've listened to enough interviews with Katya where I'm, aside from the addiction issues, do, do you just get the sense of like, that I'm trying. I'm trying to think of the right word here. Where it's like, do you just do you just have in order to be close to Kati? Do you just have to know that's always a risk, like that that relapse or that like issue rearing its head again? Like I don't know. I get like like. I mean, I think all relationships have risks. Built that's fair. That. That's fair. I, I have a cousin who was very happily married to a man who was like a sound engineer. They had two kids. He was a musician for years and his band started getting to do more gigs and just because he would tired got tired he started doing coke. He eventually became a cocaine addict and they're divorced now. He like fully would not stop. It was a huge issue. He's like a wonderful person and he was not a cocaine addict when they got married. I don't think he'd ever done coke when they got married. Yeah. Like, that's fair. Every yeah. relationship has risks built into it. Humans are human. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't I don't know. Uh I also think that, like, Katya specifically will always have to struggle with her fame and, and how much people love her. Yeah. I think that's I think that's a bit of a trigger for her. Um, uh, well, and it's, it's funny you say that, because going back to, like, what Trixie said about, you know, getting those letters from people and all the fan art, I think f- fans can really easily miss how exhausting it is to be the focus of that kind of attention. Yeah. Like... Like, you, you know, people will be like, oh, I was sitting at the table. This person comes up for their photo op. And while they're hugging me, they say, oh, my mom has stage four pancreatic cancer. And I tried to kill myself yesterday, but your album was so good. I didn't. Yeah. That is a lot of psychic energy to just heap on someone. And people don't get that. Even if it's positive energy, exactly. it can still be exhausting. Well, and um, LGBT people, queer youth, like have particularly high suicide rates. Yeah. And a lot of the drag race girls have talked about how a lot of the fans come up to them and hug them and are like, I love you so much. I was contemplating killing myself, but watching this season and your joy and you talking about like doing what you want to do with your life, like re-inspired me. Like I've heard, I feel like, like Katya and Trixie, Trixie get like a lot of that, but like I've heard Monique Hart yeah, talk I'm about sure that. all of them do. Talk I'm yeah. sure Detox does. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. I'm sure they, yeah. And like, oh yeah. And there's no, and I do. And I'm not like, Frankly, Don't say that. Frankly, I am thrilled that like depressed fifteen-year-old queer teenagers who feel isolated in this world, like find have a reason hero. to live yeah. Yeah. and have a, yes, have a hero. Like totally great. I'm sure it is extremely emotionally draining. Yeah, and exhausting and hard for the drag race girls. And it's compl- like that. I've never been in that position. That has to be complicated. Right, and it's, yeah, it, and it also like part of it is 
the person you you're idolizing isn't quite a real person like when like i love jinx monsoon i've been to several of her shows she's amazing she's my favorite drag queen i don't actually know the person yeah like, we're not actually in a friendship because there's if nothing else no mutuality yeah so it's like the image I have of Jinx that makes me happy to think about is not the real person that Jinx Monsoon is. And when I throw all that energy being like, here's my favorite thing about you, this thing that's not really you, that gap also has to just be like really frustrating to be yeah. like, now I, I feel this pressure to stay this image you have of me, not the real me. And it's how you end up getting stuck doing the same thing over and over again because you can't step outside what all of that energy says this is what we want from you yeah i mean that's why i hate dating like you know like the first three months are like people just like projecting this perfect image yeah. and you just like feel that and it's like that's such a you know small version of what they go through like i i, ugh, I could I not even imagine i feel that that is very true i feel like i feel like so many gay men will talk in a way that's like we let each other be ourselves. And I feel like so many gays, I know it's like, are you sure you're not putting on a performance? Yeah. I feel like gay men are so performative. (laughs) I compost. I'm voting for this person. Oh my God. Totally. Um, Sorry. uh, Not a tangent. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. What else? What else? about the her mom was so... oh my god we haven't talked about that yet yeah she was hilarious there's a pair i haven't watched the video yet but there's a video of trixie getting her mom up in drag oh yeah yeah which i think would have to be hilarious that i mean that whole interaction where she's on the phone like convincing her to show up to her show when she's in her town like and like right after she paid off her credit card yeah, yeah like that that really kind of blew my mind um and then there's kind of no closure when she does show up. Like, it does seem kind of like... It's nice, but it's not yeah. deeper than nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think that her mom was in Northeast Wisconsin and the show was in the water. Yeah, no, it wasn't, it was wasn't like, her town. You're right. It was right. in her state. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. Like, at least a two or three hour drive yeah. away. But yeah, no, I mean, I hear your point. I, I feel like that's a... I don't know. My mother has a lot of kids and is kind of crazy. So the, the weird, like, I love you, but there's a distance between us relationship that Trixie has with her mom makes sense to me. Mm. But on the other side, my mom would tell you I'm the person she's closest to in this world. But also, like, I would have to twist her arm for something like that. Yeah. And I think that also has to do with, like, being one of six kids. I feel like my mother is always stretched beyond capacity. So, I don't know. I felt like there was something about the representation of that kind of we're still in contact with each other. There's not, like, conflict or anything. We love each other, but there is, like, a distance between us that I... that resonated with me. Because I feel like you don't see that. I saw my relationship with my mother in that. I I mean, I I don't... I don't know your entire relationship with your mother, but, like, I think that there, like... What Trixie's mom did to her by, you know, allowing this abusive man into Trixie's life um there is some sucking up that needs to happen there like in order to heal there is some there is some acknowledgement that I fucked up as a parent as a kid I you know like yeah and her mother just definitely just I mean they're not gonna do that I mean they they all need therapy I'm a little more like it's uh, I'm glad you brought up the the incident with the stepfather again because I'm like uh I can eat People do this a lot when, like, the, like, 
I'm, I, I try to make sure I don't blame the non-abusive parent for the actions of the abusive parent. And I'm just hypothesizing here, but if you pointed a gun at a child, it's also entirely possible you pointed the gun at her. Um, That's true, you're a, right. Abusive relationships are incredibly difficult to leave, especially if they had their own children in common. The most likely outcome of her... like I can easily see a mental picture for her where Trixie has to go because I have to stay because if I leave... He'll get every other weekend with the kids, and I can't let him have time alone with the kids. That's true. Like, so, yeah. like, there's a, there's a hideous calculus that goes on for survivors of violent relationships. And uh, I read a really horrifying statistic uh, once that like a third a third of men who are in prison for violent crimes before the age of eighteen are in jail for uh, hurting their mother's abuser. It's like a really Jesus. Yeah, I was like, oh shit, yeah, that's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, but it was just it's something I think about where it's like. There was a lot more going on than just her not stepping in. Like, I can easily imagine there's, like, some extra layers of stuff going yeah. on in that relationship. And, uh, and don't get me wrong, she might have chosen... She may have chosen poorly, but I can I can contextualize pretty readily to, like, it would be the best solution in a terrible situation. But don't get me wrong, with all of that understanding, that's when you sit down with the licensed therapist and you talk about your feelings in a safe space and come to a place of healing and understanding but you don't get to and you don't get to make it automatic you don't get just yeah. to say well that was the situation so i'm not i have nothing to say like but i can easily imagine more going on in that house than just totally you're yeah. so right yeah yeah I, I knew this would be loaded my father was extremely physically abusive to me so i see a lot of parallels with trixie and her mother her relationship with her mother so i, I was very like i wonder how we're going to talk about this yeah, I could see I could see a lot of some very familiar dynamics at work. Yeah, now my mother would never apologize for letting my father get away with things. She absolutely owes me an apology for because that would require her taking responsibility in a way that she will not. Uh, and I'm sure Tracy's mother is the same. Is way. the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah this. I mean, Tracy's surprisingly level. Very for the shit she's well gone adjusted. through. Yeah. Very well adjusted. Maybe there's something I think about this a lot for myself. Like I, I, I do live the life I like. I we are currently sitting in my lovely home with its corner windows and lots of natural light, and uh, it is full of the toys and art and things that I wanted and I bought for myself. Like I think about that. Like I, there is something to self actualization. Yeah, where it's like this, <laughs> this everything in this space is pretty much exactly what I wanted, how I wanted it, where I want it. Yeah, and that is nice. That is a nice thing to have. So maybe that's. Like and maybe that's what drag is for Trixie that, yeah. that ability to be like like her her pink Christmas tree with the little oh, like, cheap it. plastic. Dolls. I do love that Trixie like in boy clothes is like minimalist Wisconsin jeans and like flannel <laughs> like a flannel I got at like a used clothes shop and like then a used clothes shop a thrift store um, <laughs> and then like in drag it is the most like rural country. Like QVC, the home shopping network, like over the top pink Barbie doll, like big Bible belt hair, insane, like artificial toy womanhood. Yeah. And she's like, it's the most beautiful thing in the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's so fucking extreme. Her she's like, out over the plastic hair. Yeah. Well, and I, move. right. And I love, like, even, even the house was like the, the couch from Roseanne and like, like very Midwest, low key, old slightly dusty but enormous hyper pink trait that was yeah, great yeah no very much very much um yeah and and so Trixie has talked a lot about how 
like the documentary, they didn't know what was going to happen when they started filming it, but it was a very eventful, um, like, year of her life. And she won All Stars 3, and that was, like, a hotly contested thing. Mm -hmm. Katya had her meltdown, they had their show, and then their show got canceled. And in a lot of ways, it feels like a solemn, realistic sort of snapshot of the life of a drag queen for whom a lot is happening and a lot is in flux. Um, during like the golden age of drag, and I feel like that is a very accurate summation yeah. of it. Um, yeah, because that... because it it does feel like we're living in the golden age of drag. Yeah. I feel like twenty years from now, that documentary is going to feel resonant. I don't know. Or well, like... it's something I th- like. Yeah, I don't think I could ever have a professional career in the arts because that instability would just destroy me. Oh, like, would kill me. I grew I, up yeah, yeah, that yeah, would kill yeah. me. Like I get the same paycheck twice a month on the same days each month and even if it's not as much as i would like it to be that is consistent yes and that oh god even talk like the idea that this week will be a lot next week will be nothing, nothing. the job you thought you had for six months is gone now you have to get a new one like that swirl oof, god that would drive me up a wall yeah no. i wouldn't even be able to focus on getting the next job i would be so panicked yeah more power to you, Trixie. You're, you're doing the Lord's work. Yeah. We didn't get into All-Stars 3 in the win at all, or the like contention over that. But the documentary didn't talk to it about it too much. Did you guys want to talk about that at all? I, I, I Who think wants I... to open the All-Stars 3? <laughs> I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I'll say it again because it's still true. The jury system was stupid. Um, yes. You, the only person to vote for Shangela was Thorgy. So you've put me in a position of having to agree with a white person with dreads. You did that to me. <laughs> Um, I think a better, a better, more satisfying conclusion was Trixie versus Shangela. They are very different queens. They're both extremely talented. And watching them both perform their asses off against each other would have been a delight. Yeah. The finale we got was Trixie doing a, doing a good job and Kennedy pirouetting in the background, which was a very interesting choice. Yep. Um, like, at that, that's the moment for me. Even before, you know, a year, years before... Uh, Naomi Small sends Manila home. You have to look at that ending and go, this just wasn't, this wasn't fun right. to watch. Yeah. Whatever gag you think you got out of Shangela not being in the top two pales into how boring that then final lip sync becomes. Again, I think we have already talked about this in yeah. past episodes, but I, I don't think that Rue ever expected that oh, the queens yeah. would be as vindictive as they were and not put Shangela in the top two. Yeah. Um, I think that she expected Shangela to be uh, Trixie. Trixie yeah. I, I also don't think that that's the final two we deserved. I think it should have been Shangela v. Ben, but Ben self-eliminated. Um, and Ben self-eliminated because the system was about drama and she didn't, and like she didn't want drama. it. Exactly. But she also has the best track record of anybody on any season ever yeah. because she's a phenomenal drag queen and you shouldn't have a system that chases phenomenal drag queens away from participating in your show. And you certainly shouldn't have that if you're going to say the best drag queen in the world because it is not. No, it, you know, like it's so. I, I think it was fine that um, the documentary didn't really delve too much into that. Yeah. Um, because it just, yeah. It well, so been okay, a longer so, conversation. So yeah, when, when we were doing the rewatch before this, I kind of asked, like, does it make sense that Trixie didn't think she had won? Because from the outside, I think Trixie is just a orbit better drag queen than Kennedy Davenport and I think you cor- if you would like to correctly re- if you'd like to remake your all I said point. was I think if you're in that and you're nervous and this matters for your career you cannot have objective perspective yeah. to be fair 
to so you're just kind of preparing yeah. for and I, it doesn't surprise me that she was shocked especially in real time with a bunch of witnesses yeah you know what fair. i mean like there, there, there's just like so much like pressure to like potential i mean humiliation of losing yeah I, that you're just you're just nervous you're just a ball of nerves yeah that's fair um i did i did like the like oh we filmed the tie i thought it was gonna be a tie which is so freaking weird that they filmed a tie for season three and not for four when they had an actual tie. Right. So we got that weird choppy edit, like, that was just clearly, like, what the fuck were they thinking? Right. Between my feelings about Kennedy Davenport and my strong feelings that Monet Exchange did not even come close to winning that season. I know. And is the only queen where I'd be like, no, ma'am. I feel like I'm like a white supremacist fan, <laughs> but like if you actually know the queens I stand for, yeah, and like yeah. love, like there are so many queens of color where I'm like, she deserved better, she deserved better, you eliminated her unfairly, too she early. did along the yeah. bottom too. There are so many queens of color who deserve crowns and deserve get like progressing in competition and who fans should be paying attention to more. Monet exchanged to me as the one like. I felt that the finale of All Stars for Monet Exchange was the one person where I was like, "No, ma'am, not on this season." What's what 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 what's so deeply ironic about the nonsense is all of this stuff was happening in response to the legitimate complaint about queens of color not winning. Yeah, a more meritocratic system in both season three and four what likely would have Shangela and Manila. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you literally made the problem worse. Yeah, uh, the one I agree with you. Those yeah. are who should have won right. three and four. Yeah. The, the the one place that I'm going to bring well Ben should have won three if I th- I I think I think I would like to I see... think Ben would have won over Shangela if yeah. he stuck around but he chose to not stick around yeah so it could have been Ben but okay so depending or not but I would have been equally someone... I really would have been like so fucking happy if Shangela had won because she yeah. came she came just as hard as Ben did she like she was just as entertaining totally, to watch totally. for sure um um I will say uh, <laughs> Joel Kim Booster today. Uh, the, the New York Times, I'm going to briefly discuss politics, but I'm not going to stay there. The New York Times, for reasons surpassing understanding, has decided to endorse both Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klobuchar for the Democratic primary, okay. which is like, what does that even mean, New York Times? Anyway, so Joel Kim Booster posted, just, just tweeted the picture of Trinity and Monet at the, at the finale. I'm like, Thank you. Like with like in response to the New York Times editorial, I'm like, that's, that's amazing. That's perfect. I will say in, in like, in defense of Monet, Monet or Trinity um, won the season, but Monet won that lip sync. So it was a little like, what do we do when like literally the final? She had no business being. In the I final agree. Two yeah, at all. I both. agree, but she won that lip sync. So it, yes, she yeah. the one episode that she performed well in was that <laughs> was final that, episode. Was the final episode. And also, I know way too many of I listened to way too many podcasts of the people in the circle to know. That she did not show up. Like, other Throughout. people literally ordered the garments yeah. for her that she showed up with, yeah. right? Yeah. And she is likable in a way that her build show makes sense. Okay. Yeah. She performed well on literally one episode, the finale. <laughs> she had no business progressing to the fu- to the final lip sync over a Monique, Monique Hart, Hart or a Naomi Smalls yeah. who placed in the top three six of the episodes of that season i, I have no on idea why monet exchange was there in the first place <laughs> but that's cute yeah. like i'm glad bob the drag queen and the tail lane and uh patty what is his name patty 
Monet's assistant, the little redhead guy. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, I'm so glad that about. they contacted designers for Monet Exchange before <laughs> Monet Exchange went to All-Stars 4. <laughs> that does not make Monet Exchange a winner in my mind. Like, no, I, it I, is I, insane to me <laughs> that she even made it to the lips. Like, like people complain about Trixie, and I am like, Trixie's was so much more merited than Monet yeah. Exchange. Agreed. You were fucking kidding. Dude. Oh my god, like, you're so red. I'm so, like, <laughs> so, there were two other more talented queens of color behind her. What the fuck are you doing? I know, I, 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 I don't know. It was just a bad season all around. It was rough. Yeah. Didn't we already ask this question? Yeah. Like, what, what is the solution? What should, like, what should they do for All Stars 5? I think there's a ton of solutions, but to me, at the very least, at the end, the system should be gone. I understand if you want it at the beginning, but by the end, it should be gone. Like, if you want to do it for the, like, four episodes. Okay. And then there's, like, a return of the queens, and then it's, like, the traditional rules of five. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, 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 once you get rid of the, 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 once you separate the weed from the shaft, you have to have, like, if, if nothing else, like, if I want to win, I'm, and I get any chance to take out good competition, I'm going to do that because I want to win. Naomi Smalls was not wrong for eliminating Manila. The show was wrong for asking Naomi to pick someone to eliminate. That's the very fine-grained distinction I'm making. I agree with you. Do you think that $100,000 is enough incentive to get the strongest competition out? Like, do you think people were ever thinking about, like, oh, I'm going to win $100,000 if I get this person out, like, and weighing the pros and cons of that cash prize with the backlash of Mm. taking out a strong competitor? Do you think that that has any... Honestly, I think people saw it Naomi Smalls as like a proficient fan of drag who does drag and is good but not great and saw her as a little bit of like a weak mousy kitten and then she eliminated Manila and they were pissed for like a day but after that they're like okay she's got some bite to her yeah. and knowing gays like that's like oh, she's yeah, got she didn't lose anything yeah. yeah like if anything I think gays are now like oh she's a little cunty big lipstick <laughs> energy I'm feeling it like oh, I just love looking at her she's so she's fucking still, gorgeous her Instagram is just always yes. amazing yeah what is that lingerie that she's hawking I don't even know I don't remember yeah, yeah, but yeah. that's yeah she's hawking <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so in sum I think we all love the documentary love Trixie it was a really well done piece of art in and of itself about a really interesting artist. Agreed. And next up to fill the gap before uh, whatever All Stars drops is AJ and the Queen, which I know you two have started, but I, I have not because I was finishing up Watchmen and doing a rewatch of Bojack Horseman, which oh, is a whole other God. emotional fucking journey. Yes, it is. Do we want to talk about the pilot quickly? Why don't we just like have a whole other episode? I think that's that... a good idea. Yeah. Okay, so so this is the teaser for that episode. Yes, <laughs> this is the teaser for that episode. Yeah, we can watch more of the the season and then talk about yeah. it. Yeah, I think that would be fun. Spoiler alert! Whoa! Spoiler alert! <laughs> Rue is not the best actress. <laughs> no, they they really hired a whole, like an all star cast of like whether they're famous or not. The people on that show know how to act. Everyone knows how to act. Except for RuPaul's trial. Maybe, maybe we they shouldn't. Yeah, maybe they oh, no. shouldn't have hired good actors. It only it highlights <laughs> how much Rue cannot deliver a line as she's oh. surrounded by all of these people who know how to deliver their lines so is the, perfectly. It's rough. It's rough. Okay, I'm, I'm curious now. Cause it's, it's only like, what, eight episodes? I don't, I don't know. Remember. Yeah. Okay. I think I can, it's eight or ten. Yeah. yeah, I can knock that out quickly. I, I can binge things. Yeah, I'm trying to get my husband to keep watching it with me, and I'm like, we'll make fun of it while we're watching. And he's like, uh-uh. <laughs> like, my my ironically enjoying terrible art 
muscle has been like really permanently strained because I saw Cats last week. Oh boy, that was the movie or in the, the theater. Music? The movie in the theater. In the or... theater. Okay, so it is still in the theater. Well, I saw it like a, it was like a week and a half ago. Okay. So, yeah, I I was under the influence of things, and it didn't Stress. help. <laughs> didn't help. Um, it was terrifying. Like everything was wrong. The faces are the wrong proportion for the heads. The cats are in the wrong proportion to the set. There's like a weird, disjointed, and inconsistent decision-making policy about what parts of the human are there versus the cat. Like at one point, you could just see Judy Dench's straight-up human hand wearing her actual wedding ring because they didn't like edit around it. That's amazing. And the music is okay. I'm a Sondheim fan, which means I think Andrew Lloyd Webber should be brought before the Hague. <laughs> it's not a good musical. It's a great dance show. Everyone I know who's seen the live version says it's like a real great showpiece for the dancers, and if you turn your brain off of requiring a plot, if it's just a dance review, it makes perfect sense. Trying to turn it into a movie with a plot was so ill-advised, and everything was so upsetting. Why did the cockroaches have human faces? I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm having like a flashback. It was just a weird and upsetting movie, and one of my best friends fucking loved it. Not like on the merits, but like in like so bad it's great and like weirdly delightful, and I'm like, I don't see it. I feel like I've looked at something like Lovecraft would make. Yeah, no. I, uh, Sydney Green has talked about how she loves cats and she'll see like any production of cats because there's such, like, there's so many really talented dancers with such athletic bodies that are so perfectly trained and they're doing like such demanding things and it's such an interesting dance show. But it's like all of this talent going into something that is so silly and weird um, and like a, a poorly CGI movie that is trying to superimpose a substantive plot yeah. onto that no musical seems like a nightmare where it's like this isn't even fun it's just bad no like but you, like how often do we have a train wreck that well here's, you're right that, uh, that. like this is iconic can we be under the influence and go see it <laughs> yeah together? absolutely i'm like i'm i wanted to see it in the theater I, like i'm bummed if it's totally gone i'm sure it's still playing in one theater just for people to get high in and go yeah. see it like like, okay, like, I was talking about the influence of stress. <laughs> <laughs> it's legal now. We can talk about it. Um, but like, like something like Tommy Wiseau's The Room, where it's like, that was one, one person's shoestring budget vision, where it's like, well, the fact that this is incoherent makes sense because this is like one man's fuck up. So many people had to sign off yeah. on this movie, and I don't understand it. It just, what? No, what? No, no. It just... It's like, like you know when you have the like a really bad cold or the flu, and you're like half awake, half asleep, half dreaming, and you can't get comfortable, and you're simultaneously hot and cold at the same time, and like just nothing feels like you'll be okay again until like 12 hours later? That's what it felt like to watch this movie. <laughs> okay. And on that note, thanks so much for listening. <laughs> I've been Condé Nasty. Oh, uh, thank you so much for coming, Buffy Cummers. You're always a delight. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Last as always. Yeah, and we'll be back for AJ and the Queen, and then eventually whatever whenever they decide to drop the new season. Yep. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.